You're listening to The Green Country, a fantasy storytelling podcast where each episode introduces a new character, creature, or facet of this fantastical land. These stories follow the course of Queen Alyssa's centennial tour of her kingdom. Every 100 years, the long-lived monarch travels throughout her overgrown forest realm, meeting its inhabitants and seeing its sights. Join me each week as we explore a new and fascinating aspect of this lush, expansive world. You can learn more at www.thegreen.country, and I invite you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Thanks for listening. The following is a preview of my upcoming novel, Downvale, which is a longer story also set in the green country. Thanks for listening, and I really hope you enjoy it. Bergamel the Catkin walked with haste down the path that ran along the old stone fence, taking him out and away from the pastures. This early afternoon was an odd one, with winds and mists, and the sun making the clouds above bright white, though they obscured any hint of sky. As he marched, the gentle gale spat rain onto his face, and he pulled his tall, pointed hat down lower on his head with both hands. Two pointed ears stuck out of holes in the cap, and a long, ringed tail sprouted from a split in the back of his jacket. He was distinctly feline in every way. The rain that fell was not icy, just a little chill. It will be cold soon enough, he thought to himself. Rain beaded and dripped from his long traveling coat, which was finely made of feathers that had been carefully layered and interlaced. The coat bore colors that matched the warm autumn hues of the foliage which crowned the trees that lay alongside the path. He'd collected the plumage from the waterfowl he had trapped over the previous two autumns in the vast marshlands that hemmed the great lake Galt. This time of year the weather is so unpredictable, Bergamel mused, wiping some of the rainwater from his whiskers. Sometimes there are cool rains, and other days feel like they could still be summer. At least it isn't snowing. This thought placated him at least a little. His left hand rested on the dark satchel that was slung across his body. His fingers felt the freshly waxed canvas of the bag, and he took some comfort in knowing his instruments would be dry. He didn't mind the rain so much, but definitely preferred snow, as the latter didn't soak into his dark, soft fur. He always felt chilled to the bone with wet fur. Snow was nice because he could shake it off with relative ease. Give it two moons, he mused, and then the snows would be here, covering the place. He paused for a moment, looking at the fields and hills about him, ringed with many a line and copse of trees, proudly showing off their fall colors. This rain still held a lingering, warm memory of summer. But looking out, it was easy to see into the future, where a blanket of white covered the land with smoothness. A time of year when the old and watchful trees held stark limbs to the sky, patiently waiting for spring. 
He had some things to do before those quiet times of snowy blueness. Not too many things so that he felt burdened, but certainly one important thing. He was the type of creature who would feel unsettled until he had taken care of such matters. So he moved with alacrity, motivated forward by the prize of relaxation, free from care or responsibility. A woodshed full to the brim with firewood, and a stash of savory smoked hams for the winter. Sweet thoughts, these. He walked on through the rain, the pastures giving way to rocky land, and soon a steeper path. At a fork he headed right, and the trail soon became craggy and thoroughly unfriendly to wagon wheels. He didn't mind. He liked the way the stones and gravel felt against the thick velvety dark pads of his feet. Those paws of his rarely got cold. Only in the depths of winter would he take the heavy leather boots out from the old chest in his cozy hovel. The mists blew a bit thicker as he ascended, and the air was thinner and cooler, too. The twisty, thick-trunked grandfather trees were fewer up here, and he saw more of those slender, silver-barked trees. He liked these trees, whose leaves blinked and shimmered green-gold when a wind blew through them. He was confident that he would reach Traveler's Gulch before nightfall if he kept his current pace. He was surprised he hadn't seen anyone on the road that afternoon, though fewer folk had business on the mountain path this time of year, he considered. The clouds and mist made it hard to know just how far he had climbed. As hints of orange and red began to suffuse the diaphanous sky, the sorrowful call of a horn sounded long and guttural from the valley below. The sound defined his altitude. He was quite high on the mountain. The horn called again, this time longer, intoning a notice, a warning to whomever's ears it reached. Orthello is hunting tonight, said Bergamel aloud, arching one eyebrow. In his mind, he saw Orthello's oily leather hunting overclothes bedecked with countless steel rings, which would fill one by one with pelts of his hapless quarry. He saw Orthello's stout crossbow, strung with more lines than a lute, and more sharp points than a cat's bite. He saw Orthello's dauntless eye, peering from below the brim of his curled red felt cap, the cap adorned with a single speckled and richly patterned feather. Orthello was not a menace, but he did not like for people to get in his way. He, in fact, did not like people at all, so it seemed. As a catkin, Bergamel was a born hunter, but it struck him that anything and everything could be prey to Orthello. He was happy to be high on the mountain, among those trees which shuddered with their silent laughter, breathing in cool, thin air far away from the earth and the spoils of Orthello. As the sky reddened and the first fuzzy shadows of darkness began to obscure Bergamel's vision, he spotted the grove of trees which marked Traveler's Gulch. Here the stones and earth of the mountain had tumbled in such a way that a natural bowl was formed. 
monolithic stones made a protected half-circle, with overhangs and shelves that provided shelter from wind and rain. The mists had thinned a good deal, and the rain had stopped earlier in his travels. Bergamel set about collecting wood for a fire, and was even able to find pieces not too touched by dampness. He unslung his satchel, and from it drew a small kit, containing kindling and his little fire tool. Soon he had a happy blaze going in the fire-blackened ring of stones, which had been used by countless previous travelers for this same purpose. He produced a woolly blanket from his pack and spread it on the large, smooth rock near to the fire. Laying down on this big, gently sloping rock, he could tend the fire with a long stick. With a wall of stone at his back, a bit of an overhang above him, and a comforting fire before him, he felt very cozy indeed. He produced a large metal mug from his pack, and into it went some water from his canteen and a bit of dried soup. He plunked this onto some coals, nestled at the edge of the flames, and soon steam rose from the cup, and savory smells reached his nostrils. It was ready. With expertise, he maneuvered the cup from the fire using his stick, and let it cool there for a moment. He leaned back on the rock, his eyes feeling gauzy and heavy from the travels of the day, and the warmth of the fire and his coat of feathers. A breeze blew through the silvery trees, and he fell asleep. He roused moments later, though, the prospect of warm soup, reason enough to delay his slumber. Upon awaking, he found himself to be looking at a tiny, bearded man who was eating his soup with gusto. He could make no sense of this, as his eyes had drifted closed for only the shortest time. The tiny old man met Bergamel's confused gaze, and then he offered him the cup, in the most diplomatic and innocent way. If you like what you just heard, be sure to visit www.thegreen.country for more great content, including beautiful illustrations, detailed character descriptions, and much more. The Green Country is also on Patreon, where a small monthly pledge will give you access to extra content, like an illustrated PDF of the story you just heard. Whether you back this project financially or simply share it with a friend, you can help this vibrant land continue to grow. Once more, that's www.thegreen.country. Thanks for listening!